Everyone, we continue our read-through of the New Testament. And today we come to John's second letter, 2 John. And 2 John warns us against the same false teaching mentioned in 1 John, this denial of the humanity of Christ. The letter, however, was addressed to the elect lady and her children, I, I think a picture of the church, and focused on Christian hospitality. False teachers were using the kindness of Christians to gain influence within John's congregation. And John's letter spoke of this danger and warned against opening one's home to these destroyers of the faith. And while the basic themes of 1 John, holding fast to truth, love, and obedience are evident, there is an additional focus on what Christian hospitality is all about. Only when you find agreement on sound doctrine will you find meaningful fellowship. That really is a great understanding of what Second John is all about. So with that little bit of a, a introduction, let's go ahead and read. And we'll just read through uh, the whole letter, really short letter here. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also to all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and in love. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves, so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. Forever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Though I have much right to, you, to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, the opening of this greeting in verse 1 through 3, the author identifies himself as the elder, both a description of his age and an honorific title for a venerated bearer of the apostolic tradition. And the letter is addressed to the elect lady and her children. Once again, I think this is a picture of a, one of the churches there in Asia Minor. And we see this also, this kind of female language of the church, right? It is the bride of Christ. And he refers at the end of the letter to the sister church, right? So we have no idea which churches these were. Uh, one may have been in Ephesus, another in a city nearby. Uh, they could even be two churches within the same large city. Uh, nevertheless, Ephesus was definitely populous enough to have this. But the idea here is immediately we see the themes of love and truth which are being introduced, affirming his true love for the hearers, a love which is to be shared by all who know the truth and the truth which abides in them forever. Then the elder begins kind of his commendation to the church. He commends her to walk in truth and denounces these docetists, these, those who deny that Jesus came in the flesh, and ask that such persons be denied hospitality. Now notice, 
if he is telling them that they have to deny these individuals hospitality, what does that presuppose about the nature of the early Christian community? It presupposes that they were hospitable, (laughs) that they were hospitable people. They opened their homes. They cared for others. They provided for those in need, right? Now, John delights in the church's true confession and its following of the love command was a central element of their shared tradition. But many deceivers and antichrist have risen up, these who deny that Jesus came in the flesh. And they have left the elders' own church. They've left his church, the church that he's currently at and working with, and they've gone out into the world, and they're now trying to go out and cause these other churches to slip up. And John is urging his readers to watch out lest they be seduced by this false teaching and risk losing the reward that they have all worked for. God's love in the flesh in Jesus is the source and framework for God's love coming to all Jesus' people. And anything that waters down this truth is not to be tolerated, John says. The deceivers with their false beliefs might have thought that they were progressive or even perceptive in their Christology. But the elder declares that they have abandoned the tradition of Christ. They've abandoned the messianic faith. And only those who continue in the authentic teaching have an authentic relationship with the Father and Son. The sister church church then must turn away any itinerant teacher or wandering prophet who does not possess the authentic apostolic teaching. And so John then closes by saying he has so much that he has to say. He wants to write to them. But John, we'll see this again at the end of the third epistle. He has no, he, I don't, he just, he doesn't want to write just to write. His main goal is to go and to to enjoy the true fellowship with them, right? He wants to meet them face to face and to come and to provide more teaching and instruction to them in person. One of the primary functions here of of Second John, right, is to protect the church from bringing in people that are going to cause them harm. And I think that this is very important as a closing point of application. Is what are we allowing into our communities, right? What are we allowing into our community of faith, into our home what are the kind of the things have we allowed to enter into our area of fellowship and worship and praise and our most sacred place our home what elements have we let in there that could possibly lead us and our children astray i think there is a wise thing here that we are called to be hospitable and loving and caring to those who are in need But when it comes to that which seeks to undermine the teachings of our faith, that seeks to undermine the person of Christ, that would seek to lead us away into error and falsehood, that it ought not to have any place in our life. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 15, the bad company corrupts good morals. So we need to be weary about what we are letting in the midst of our church, right? In the midst of our home. It may not always come in the the form of a person, but it may come in the form of a program, a television show, a movie that we have now allowed to come into our home to to penetrate the walls of a sacred place 
And now it could be possibly leading us or leading our children in a way that undermines what they have been taught in Christ. So yes, we are to be hospitable. But we are also supposed to be wise and discerning in that which would lead us astray or cause us spiritual harm. So let us be a hospitable people. Let us love Christ. Let us love others. But let us be mindful of what it is that we are bringing into our midst and ensure that whatever it is, it is not leading us away from our faith in Christ. God bless.